Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. I'm very happy to introduce to you Skylar Culbertson from William and Mary College. And Skylar wrote a uh, piece at thecollegefix.com, thecollegefix.com, a couple of weeks ago about an experience that she had in um, working with her group, Tribe for Life, uh, arguing for a pro-life policy or uh, pro-life approach. Uh, and the uh, sort of insane reaction that it engendered. Skylar, first off, welcome. And man, I hope things are going better for you this week than they were a couple of weeks ago. Yes, well, thank you so much for having me on, Ed. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. So uh, kind of just to preface what what all happened. So we had uh, Kristen Hawkins come to our campus um, to speak. So um, if you're not familiar, she is the president of the National Organization Students for Life. Yep. Um, one of her, her main talking points um, the day that she came was uh, men cannot have babies. And, you know, this is a very um, important conversation to have, especially, you know, with the issue of abortion um, and following that, um, that speaking event. Uh, yeah, there have been tons of hate messages. And then one student actually put, you know, uh, Tribe for Life, which is the name of my club, makes me want to commit suicide and mass murder. So things have just been crazy since then. Um and and even last Friday, I was harassed by a trans student even following that event. So it has been crazy. You know, I don't think, and by the way, I know Kristen, I've interviewed Kristen a number of times. She's a very sane, very um, gracious uh, voice. So she's, you know, she's obviously assertive and she's passionate about her position, but I, I've never seen Kristen be somehow uh, the type of person who would require that type of vitriolic response. Um, and so I, I, I did hear about Kristen Hawkins's reception here at William & Mary, and I think it's actually starting to become more and more of an issue on college campuses. Um, a little yeah. surprised William & Mary being one of those, but um, but it's become more and more of a, a, an issue on college campuses that you just simply, there is no tolerance for any heterodox point of view on anything that, that uh, deviates from academia's preferred narratives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we saw what happened at VCU, so Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond. Kristen um, was harassed, and then again with Riley Gaines in, in San Francisco. Um, so yeah, it's hap- happening all across the country. Um, and it's crazy that people feel that they need to resort to violence to, you know, get across their their social goals. Um, and Ed, I actually I recently read a study. Um, I think this was done during um, the COVID pandemic, and they found that trans individuals were like the most prone to violent radicalization. So, you know, they're they're willing to to go to violence to achieve their goals, which is crazy. Well, you know, we're we're kind of seeing that, and in what happened with Riley Gaines, we're kind of seeing that in other contexts as well. Now, you've been a conservative voice on your campus for a couple of years, and you write about this in yeah. at thecollegefix.com. So you're not, it's not news to you that um, that makes you a, a target for criticism. And if it was just criticism, it'd probably be just fine. I mean, that's, that's how you get debates going. And uh, you can have fair debates, even in an academic setting where you have a, you're the minority opinion. But that's not really what's happening, um, and that's and that's uh, this is an escalation of a trend that's been coming on the entire time you've been at William and Mary, I would assume. Yes, yes, absolutely. Last semester, um, my club did a tabling event, and we actually had um, one student um, 
throw a cup of urine on on my club members. Um, so eventually, after the Virginia Attorney General General got involved, that student was arrested. Um, but it's just crazy, you know, what all the students are doing. We actually we chalked um, outside of our campus. Um, just some pro-life messages. And one of them was just the statistic that about 80% of babies with Down syndrome are aborted. And within, you know, just 10 minutes of us putting that chalk up, it was immediately erased. And this is actually like a policy violation um, if students erase our chalk. And it's just crazy. You know, it's a fact. And if it bothers them that much, then you would think, you know, maybe they need to rethink their stance on abortion. Yeah, I want to get to abortion. I also want to get to the transgender thing because I want to ask you a couple of things about that apart from what this what this protest was about. Um, but you talk a little bit about you being more becoming more active after the leak of the Dobbs decision in May of 2022. So it's almost a year ago. Yes. Um, coming up, we're coming up on the one year anniversary. May third was the one year anniversary of that leak. Um, how has the environment changed at William and Mary College? since since that leak? Yeah, I think, um, you know, everything has become a, li a little bit more, I mean, obviously it's a very touchy subject to begin with, but I think um, students are, again, resorting to violence and, and just really willing to go to extreme measures um, is what we're seeing. Um, I know just with everything that we do, I, I get tons of hate messages. Um, my DMs are always full with people just saying the most, obscene things to me. Um, and even when we table, it seems that they're not even willing to have conversations at all. And you think, you know, just just at William & Mary, uh, we should be able to, you know, have simple conversations about the abortion issue, trans issues, anything, just be able to talk like normal people. And that is just not the case. And it is very sad to see. Yeah. I mean, again, it doesn't feel very inclusive. It sounds like it's, uh, in fact, the opposite of inclusive, right? Absolutely. Yeah. For, for a school that prides itself, you know, on diversity and inclusion, whenever there's one, you know, pro-life student, um, they're not very inclusive at all. <laughs> so what has the response been from William and Mary College? I mean, this is their this is their property. That's their responsibility to I don't want to say safe space because I hate the term safe space. And I think you probably would object to it anyway. But I mean, a campus really should be an area where you can have these sorts of debates without fear of violence, without fear of um, without fear of physical attacks or doxing. I want to talk, talk to you a little bit about the doxing because you mentioned it. Um, and it's really up to the campus. It's really up to the administration to set those terms and to enforce them uh, by, you know, disciplining people who violate those standards. Have you seen anything like that at William & Mary College? Unfortunately, no. And every time that I've you know run into an issue, um, I've met with the dean on several occasions, um, and he he normally just directs me right to the police department. Um, and now there have been the several instances where you know our chalk was erased and our our posters were taken down. Um, they the students that did that re received a talking. There was like no official, no consequences. It just was a simple talking. So it's like any student would just you know want to do it again, right? If all they get is a little talking. So it seems like the administration at William Mary is, is really not doing anything and it's really unacceptable. So because you've had these experiences and coming back around to the incident that you're writing about, because you've had these experiences, uh, the Tribe for Life 
has decided that it's going to start hiring security for its events because people have thrown urine at you. People have, you know, people have attacked you. Uh, people have made threats to you. So you hired security and that was um, sort of ridiculed by the student newspaper. And again, I'm, I'm a big favor of free speech. So ridicule is fine, but that's kind of what stirred up this, this last hornet's nest. And frankly, I would think that the college would be concerned that one of its student groups had to have its own security in order to just have a conversation on campus about an important issue. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, at every event, it seems that something has happened where we have had to call the police. Um, so, you know, might as well just start having security at all of our events. Um, and it's crazy that students would would want to make fun of that. And I actually have, um, I've sent an email to school administration um, several days ago, and I'm still actually waiting on a response to see um, what actions they are going to take um, in response to that that uh, newspaper article that the school put out. So we'll see. But yeah, it is just it is just ridiculous. So tell us about the doxing. I mean, what what have you and, and your group experienced in terms of doxing? And what has the university done about that? Yes. Um, so, you know, starting last year, whenever I became outspoken about my pro-life beliefs, um, there's not actually like too many other people that are outspoken. So all of the attacks have been on me um, and students will post on Yik Yak. They will, um, you know, say my name. A Yik Yak, if you're not familiar, is an anonymous um, social media app, which kind of makes it a problem because, you know, everybody's just kind of willing to say whatever they want. Yeah. Um, so they've put, you know, my name on there, just, you know, Skylar's horrible. She's a threat. We hate her. Um, all of these things. Um, there have also, I actually, I had to go undercover in the, the Planned Parenthood group chat, um, that the club that we have on campus. Um, and I found that they were actually taking screenshots of my Instagram, um, just talking about me in there. Um, so I was hoping to get that club unchartered just for, you know, doxing and sharing all this personal information about me. Um, and yeah, so it's crazy. Actually, last semester, there were several students on, on this anonymous uh, platform, Yik Yak, that were actually posting my location. So whenever they would see me on campus, they would be like, Skylar is um, here at this coffee shop. She's at the Science Center. Um, so I even had to have a security guard for, for one of my events just to um, give a presentation on abortion for one of my classes. And that's insane, right? I mean, this is, again, this is a college. You'd think, first off, you'd think people would have better things to do at a college, especially William and Mary is one is, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty storied uh, institution of, of higher learning. Um, it seems like they've got an awful lot of free time on their hands. Maybe, maybe the solution here is that professors should assign a lot more homework. I'm, I'm being a little glib here, so, but I mean, that, that it's kind of crazy, isn't it? That they have this much free time to track you on campus. What are they yeah. doing there? <laughs> I know. I ask myself the same question as well. <laughs> I don't mean to make light of it because this, I mean, this is really scary stuff. And um, the fact that you have to rely on a security guard to attend your classes and to do presentations in classes is absurd. And, um, you know, I don't know that the police are really going to do a whole lot about that because I think that they would assume that William and Mary are supposed to be uh, taking care of this. You say that they keep referring you to the police. What do the police tell you when you tell them that William and Mary referred you to them about these issues. 
Yes. So actually recently with that threat, they they just issued a security plan, which is essentially just they went through, you know, this is what you need to do if you feel, you know, you're in danger. Um, but that was about it. They they really are not taking action. Um, you know, recently, just past Friday, I had my flag display, which is uh, called the Cemetery of Innocent, which is to represent lives lost to abortion. That was vandalized. Um I they've still not identified the student. And it seems, you know, working with them, you know, unfortunately, multiple instances, um, they have not been helpful at all and really um, do not take action. And it's like I have so much to do already as a student, um, you know, having to follow up with them all the time. It's just it's just ridiculous. Yeah, Skylar, I mean, it, it really is. This is uh, really ridiculous. And by the way, again, this is Skylar Culbertson at William and Mary. Should I ask you what uh, what you're studying at uh, William and Mary and um, you know, what your target graduation date is, just so we know, you know, where yeah. you're at in the, in the school cycle. So I'm actually um, film and media uh, studies major. So as you can imagine, a very, very liberal department, I, I came in kind of being more liberal. So I did not change my major. Um, but yes, I am set to graduate May of this year. So. Well, that's going to be a relief. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I cannot <laughs> I'll bet. So, so did the experience on campus, you said you came in as sort of a little bit more liberal. I'm assuming you're liberal, but pro-life, you're probably pro-life when you came in as well. Has that experience changed you? Has this experience changed your, your political outlook and, and how you see politics and how you see um, both policy and culture? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I always tell people, you know, if you, if you come to William & Mary, um, you're more than likely going to become a liberal um, just because of the indoctrination in our classrooms. Um, but I think I was just the one rare instance where the very first class that I took um, at William & Mary um, as a transfer student was COVID-19 and the pandemic. And we were asked to um, read this book that was bashing Donald Trump. And all of our conversations in class were, you know, centered around, um, you know, politics and just, just very, very, very liberal. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, indoctrination is just not, it's not just a right wing talking point. Like it's actually real. Um, and, and ever since then, um, I pretty much changed. I, you know, did my own research. I used, um, DuckDuckGo instead of using, you know, Google, um, to get my resources. So I don't have to go to page 10 to find, you know, a, a different opinion. Um, and now, you know, I consider myself pretty much like a MAGA Republican about as far right as you can get. Um, that's all thanks to the craziness of, of William Mary and the liberals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that, I mean, it's probably more rare to, to see that type of outcome than just flat out indoctrination. But I imagine that there are a lot of people who get their eyes opened in these terms. And as campus politics become more and more radically left, there's probably a wider range of people who, um, whose politics change the other direction because they see this. And I think it's very interesting that that's been part of what you've seen. I want to go back, though. You were mentioning Kristen Hawkins's argument, which which is what touched off part of the uh, part of the outrage on campus, which is that men can't have babies. And look, I mean, I, I don't get an awful lot of chance to talk to um, to talk to college students about how they perceive um, gender policy and gender politics to me as old as I am, <laughs> I mean, that, that is, that is such a basic statement of fact that is almost absurd that you have to make it. Yeah. Men can't have babies. 
Um, that's that's about as objectively real uh, as anything else you could possibly say. And yet today, it's um, it's a um, it's anathema uh, because of this idea that um, you're you can choose your own sex uh, simply on the force of your own will, and biology has nothing to do with it. How does that resonate with you in terms of your own uh, gender identity, right? In terms of the fact that, you know, this seems to be basically erasing women in a particular way that erodes some of the protections that have been built up for women, especially on campuses over the last, you know, 40 years or so. Yes, that is a great question. Um, I, you would think that the feminists of today would be the people that would be saying, wait a second, we have to stop. We are actually going backwards um, in history where, you know, men are allowed to compete in women's sports. And it's just so unfair. Um, you were seeing, you know, a complete erasure of women yet again. Um, and, and I know even just at William Mary in all of our classes, a lot of the professors will um, ask us to use, you know, pronouns and things like that. And it's just like, you know, I am not going to endorse this belief that, you know, there's, there's more than two genders because there's not. And, and really, you know, people are just, there's no truth anymore. People just, everything is a social construct and that's, that's not the case. Um, and I'm really, you know, not too sure. I think this is a million dollar question. How do you, how do you get people to, to, rethink their stance on that. And I, I really don't know what that is. Um, but what I know from my conversations with students at William Mary is that the majority of them believe that there are more than, than two genders. Um, so very lost. And it is sad to see. Well, it is sad to see. And it does answer another question I was just about to ask you, which is, do you think that this is more or less just something that's imposed on students and they're complying with it because just, you know, revolting against it would be too costly or are they really buying into this and it, it sounds to me like what you're saying is that most of them are really buying into this social con biology as a social construct um, argument which uh, if that's the case then i think that william and mary is really doing a a great disservice to it to, the, to this generation and succeeding generations in terms of real education absolutely absolutely Yes, I would say the majority are are buying into this, but then there are a group of students, you know, that agree with me, but yet they continue to, you know, use their pronouns anyway. And it's really sad to see. I, I wish more people would stand up and say, you know what, this isn't right. I'm I'm not going to, I'm going to refuse to use my pronouns. Um, so I think if, if we could have more individuals that were willing to say no, then things could really start to change in our country. Well, I think it's an emperor has no clothes sort of issue. And by trying to just go along and saying, oh, yeah, those clothes look really beautiful. Um, it's it's extending and deepening this. Um, I mean, I'm not even sure what to call it. I mean, it has elements of social panic. It has elements of, uh, you know, Mao's cultural revolution, the French revolution. It has elements of that as well. There's all sorts of different historical analogies you can make to this, but I don't think anybody's ever bought into it like this, um, as is happening right now with uh, with American culture. And it's very disturbing to see. Yes. Yeah. And you know, what's funny, Ed, is um, actually the other day, whenever I had my, my flag display, there was a trans student that came by um, and he was, you know, recording me. He was in my personal space. 
Um, and I asked him, I said, you know, could you please leave? And, and he did not leave. So that is what caused me to, you know, call the police on him. And whenever um, the, the police officer finally came, um, the student, <laughs> student actually told the police officer, he said, um, she misgendered me. Like, like the issue wasn't, you know, me being harassed, but whether or not he was, you know, being called the right thing, a she, they, which is what he identified as. Um, and, and actually the police officer, um, instead of taking care of the situation, the first thing he asked was, well, what would you like me to refer you to as? And it's just like, it's ridiculous. It's like, what world are we living in? You know? Well, police are a lot like parents. They're, they're not necessarily, I, and I don't mean this as a knock on police because they have a very difficult job, but a lot of times they're not really interested in justice. They're just interested in peace and quiet because that's their, that's their core job. And so basically all they're, all they try to do is deescalate and, and, you know, deal with a acute situation by just putting an end to it. Um, but yes, that's disturbing and it's disturbing, maybe not but disheartening, I think is a better term for it. Yes. Yes, for sure. So, one last question on this, and and then we'll you know just uh, finish up with um, you know links back to uh, Tribe for Life and and what you're doing at William and Mary. But is this a is this because uh, William and Mary? I, I I'll say academia because it's happening all over. You've already mentioned that, but of course your personal experiences at William and Mary is this. Is this happening because academia has just been so um, determined to indoctrinate on on these principles? That's true true in terms of abortion as well as in terms of the trans agenda and that sort of thing. Or is it because this generation of people have grown up to be um, almost, you know, neurotically oversensitive and mm-hmm. um, and narcissistic, I think is the only way that you can put this. I, you know, demand that everybody understand what your own preferred pronouns are is I think the height of narcissism. Um, and I'm curious as to whether or not you see this as just a generational issue because of the way that, you know, my generation and the generation after me raised this, raised this current crop of college students, or if you think that this is really a concerted effort by academics or both, maybe it's both. Yes. Yeah, I would have to answer both to that. I think, you know, one of the major causes of our problems really comes back to, you know, I'm a Christian. I think it comes back to, you know, people just turning away from God and and also families as well and not raising um, their children in the way that they should be raised. I think, you know, that that is a huge, a huge cause of, of the more majority of our issues in our society. Um, and again, with the indoctrination in our schools as well. Um, at William Mary, we're actually forced to take um, what they call our call classes, C-O-L-L classes. Um, and all of these are, um, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and we're forced to take these. Um, so it is definitely, you know, a concerted effort on on their part. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. And uh, so you're getting out in May. Um, <laughs> so congratulations to you. Um, ahead of time, but a month from now, you'll be graduating. So congratulations to you. Um, what are your plans? Um, I actually, I, I think um, I deserve and I really need a year off. Um, <laughs> I think you're right. So yes, I'm definitely going to take a year off. Um, after that, I'm still trying to figure everything out. I'm considering the military. Um, 
and then also maybe maybe staying within the pro-life movement. So we'll just see um, what God's plans are, but but that's the plan as of right now. Well, all I can say to that is amen and best of luck to you. I, I suspect we're going to be hearing a lot from you, Skylar, in, in the coming years. So I will I will feel very uh, blessed to have had you here at this point in time. And I thank you very much for your, uh, for your, your observations here. Uh, any, um, do you want to uh, share websites for tribe for life, anything else that you're pursuing? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, you can follow us on, on Instagram. It's WM tribe for life. And then my personal Instagram is Skylar Colbertson. Um, and also wanted to shout out to college fix who, who published my article as well. So, um, want to thank them for, for having me on and yeah. I'll give a shout out to the collegefix.com too, because they're the ones who um, alerted me to this story and asked if I, and, and asked if I, if they could uh, facilitate this uh, much appreciated college, the collegefix.com and uh, Skylar again, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. Ed. Now that the political infighting is over and the sausage is being made in the House, it's time for Republicans to unite with one cause and fight back against Joe Biden and his radical administration. The GOP has promised to investigate Biden family corruption, the border, big tech censorship collusion, the origins of COVID, the FBI, and intel agencies' attacks on the American people and more, and it's time to hold them to those promises. Here at Hot Air, we won't let up on holding them accountable. We unapologetically fight back against the radical left and squishy rhinos in Congress who fail the people. We bring you the truth and go to war against Biden's woke communist agenda. But we need your help. By becoming a VIP for uh, hotair.com, you can help us in this battle for our country. Just look at the House Democrats leader, Hakeem Jeffries. He's another divisive radical leftist and his communist Sesame Street speech proves it. If Republicans don't halt the Biden agenda and conservative media fails to hold them accountable, it could mean the end of our great country. Join us in the fight. Become a Hot Air VIP member or a VIP Gold member today and use the promo code SAVEAMERICA to receive a 40% discount on your membership. Stand with us and fight to save America. We will never give up. And thank you very much.